Resurrection Sunday. Uh, he is risen. As he said, as he said, okay, that, that was a trick question this morning, but, uh, but, but no, it, he is risen as he said. When I was, all my life growing up, my mom would write, he is risen as he said on our Easter baskets. And so that's just kind of our thing for, uh, for our family. But man, I am again so glad that you're here with us uh, today at church. Again, Resurrection Sunday. It is an awesome, awesome day. And when we, we participate in the resurrection, we celebrate the resurrection, Right? That's what God's called us to do. And this morning, I want to make something perfectly clear. As I began to speak this morning, and we'll get into this in a minute today, but the resurrection is not just an event. The resurrection is a person. It's a person. It's Jesus Christ. And today we're going to turn in our Bibles to John chapter 11. So if you would, they turn there uh, to John chapter 11. And we're going to see this story played out before our eyes. It's a wonderful story. It's a story of, of Lazarus. And if you know the story, great. If you don't know, you're going to see it. Because I thought it'd be cool, rather than just talk about the story... We're going to turn our attention to the screens behind me, and I want to see this, I want you to see this story played out or acted out before your eyes. So if you would, let's uh, check out today uh, the story of Lazarus from the Gospel of John. Now a man named Lazarus was ill. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay ill, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus. Lord, the one you love is ill. When he heard this, Jesus said, This illness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago the Jews there tried to stone you, and yet you are going back? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. After he had said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go, that we may die with him. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. 
When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into the world. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth round his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go.
moment, right? Imagine being there and seeing that firsthand and, and witnessing that moment firsthand. What, what a moment. I mean, you would never forget seeing God's glory if you saw that firsthand. And again, we know that that's not just a story or fairy tale that, of course, happened. And it's the scripts we've read, read through to date. Again, John chapter 11. And, and I want to make, again, two things real clear today as I un, we unwrap this message this morning. The first thing, thing is that Jesus came to untangle the past and invade our present. That's going to become a lot more uh, a, a scene as we go through this message today. And again, of course, the second one is the resurrection was not just an event. The resurrection is a person. And we see these two ideas played out in John chapter 11. Let's read today, starting in verse 17. It says, now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming... She went and met him, but Mary remained seated in the house. And Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. He says something there, of course, in her weeping and her wailing. That's a, a, a perfectly understandable thing to say to Jesus. And, and what she says here this morning, it's not incorrect. The thing that we're going to find as this, as this story unfolds is that though it's not incorrect, it was incomplete. What she says is quite incomplete this morning. And the reason why she does this is she does what many of us do when faced when, with moments like she is in at this point right now. She has a hard time seeing the big picture. She knows what God's called her to. She knows what God has said. But she has a hard time seeing the big picture because of what she has just come through and walked through. Her past has dictated the, the, the word of God in her life. And if it's, it's a legitimate concern. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. You don't have to be an expert in first century history to know what was going on in these two ladies' lives at this point. Martha and, and Mary, of course, sisters of, of Lazarus. This is family for Jesus. These are close, close, close friends of Jesus. That's illustrated in the fact that John eleven thirty five 35 says, Jesus wept. And, and so, and I know that because it's the shortest verse in the Bible. And when I was a kid and I had to say a Bible verse, I said that one, right? But, but, but no, it, Jesus wept. That is clear. He loved this man. And word was sent to, him, sent to him about the death of Lazarus, and yet Jesus didn't come. So here you have Martha and, and Mary who had been taking care of their brother, trying to nurse him back to health. And of course, these are the days before ICU units and drip bags of medicine and $80,000 hospital beds that, that raise and fold and all that. None of those are here. It's just them. It's just trying to do what they can to help him, and he's gone. And Jesus wasn't there to help, and he wasn't there in the moment. And so, again, she says something there. It's very true and very accurate. Jesus, if you had been here, my, my brother wouldn't have died. See, for so many of us, there's a something big bef behind us that defines us and dictates how we hear what God says in our lives. You see, God has called us out of the past, 
We've been walking through this for the last several weeks here at church in our series. Uh, God's called us out of the past. And he is the old person, the old man, the old woman is gone, is dead, is behind us. He's called us out of that. Yet for so many of us, the past dictates how we see things. And our, our, our point today, it has become a type of identity for us. For me, I, I illustrate with a story in my life, I, I can't think of another more uh, interest or more important moment that has, has illustrated this in my life than when I was a, a little boy. And you may or may not know, um, as a kid, I had a terrible stutter. I, I couldn't talk real well, uh, real straight. I, I had a difficult time getting words out. And, and it wasn't just when I was nervous. It was just all the time. I just had a hard time. It was like I had so much in my mind. Um, I still have that, but back then even more so. And I just couldn't get it out. I just, it would just be so hard, and I just couldn't talk straight. And when I was a kindergartner, um, uh, just a little, little, little kid in the kindergarten, I got in the bus, and this, this older kid, Johnny, and I won't say his last name, he, I grew up here, and you, maybe you know him, so I won't say his last name, I know it, I'll never forget it, I'll never forget his face, I'll never forget what he looked like, and I'll never forget what he said. So here's this, this much older kid who was popular, who had all kinds of friends, and sat in the back of the bus where all the cool kids sit, and I'm in the front with all the little ones, and this, 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 this much older boy nicknamed me Porky Pig. Now that's not because I was this Porky Pig looking kid, because I couldn't talk, I, I stuttered. And so every day I'd walk on the bus, and he would lead the bus in calling me a kindergartner Porky Pig. And would talk, and every day I'd come home, and I remember going home and just crying to my mom and saying, Mom, I don't want to get in the bus again. I don't want to go back to school again. It was so hard. And I'll tell you, that stuck. That, that name stuck, and throughout much of my childhood, I was known at school as Porky Pig, among other things. That kids can be cruel, and they'd call me all kinds of names as, as a kid. And I had all kinds of names that were, that were related to stuttering and talking. It's just, it isn't my life. So when God calls me to ministry, when God said, Steve, I want you to go, I said, no, I can't. Because my identity was not as someone who God could use. My identity was as Porky Pig, a stuttering kid who can't talk straight. And that's how I knew myself as being. You see, many of us, that's how we see things. We know what the Word of God says. We know what the Word of God tells us. But our past dictates how we hear that thing. And see, that's what's happening here for Martha. He knows the story. She knows the truth. She, she knows what God has told her. She knows that Jesus is the Son of God. She admits that. Even before he raises Lazarus from the dead, she says that those things are, are true. But see, Jesus came to untangle the past and to invade our present. Because by nature, we see spiritual truth. And I'll tell you today, church, spiritual truth is always involves faith. It will always involve faith. It will always involve a, faith will always involve a collision of the natural and the supernatural. We see this often through human eyes only. See, that's what happens here in this place. These factors are what prompts Martha's statement. If you'd been here, my brother would not have died. Now, let's call Martha's response what it was. It was a spiritual platitude. You're like, what does that mean? Well, I'll explain that in a minute. Let's read, what, let's read on here, verse 22. It says, but even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. 
Now, I believe that this is another spiritual platitude. I'll explain in a minute. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again, um, but in the, in the resurrection on the last day, yeah, Jesus, of course, you know, I know, I know how it all works. Someday, a long time from now, sure, yeah, whatever, he'll rise again. She is speaking in spiritual platitudes, and Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet he shall live, and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Martha, do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming to the world. See, that's huge. But again, speaking in many ways in spiritual platitudes. Now, what does that mean today? Well, a, a platitude is... Is, is this. A platitude is a trite or meaningless statement often used as a thought-terminating cliche that is aimed at quelling social, emotional, or cognitive unease. It's things we just say, right? There's things we just speak and say because we know we're supposed to say those things. You know, and many, for many of us, we do these kind of things, don't we? It's a type of a, a weak sauce, inch deep, Bible belt, not very solid Christianity or theology that God has come to break us away from and deepen our walks with him. Is that true today? You see, church, that's how God has called us to do. He has called us to be emboldened by truth and emboldened by this, 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 this our faith that he's given us. You see, we, this is what we're called to, yet sometimes we speak and live on spiritual platitudes. Now, just so we're not triggered today and we're all safe this morning, this, how many of you have at some point in your life lived and talked on spiritual platitudes? My, my hands are raised. You know, you just say this. Things we just kind of speak about. A, a great one uh, that I've seen before was, uh, Jesus is the bread of life that never gets stale. Right? Of course, that's true, right? And, and you can see these things on Facebook a lot, right? There's all kinds of Spiritual platitudes on Facebook or, or bumper stickers that say these things and, and such. They're just things we say that they just, it's just true. That statement is true. There's nothing untrue about that. Jesus is the bread of life that never gets stale. But what happens sometimes is things like that never go beyond just a couple of inches deeper. And I'll tell you, church, that Jesus always calls us deeper. He always calls us to dig down and to drill down and to go deeper. You see, this is good news. It's why Jesus untangles the past and invades our present because faith like this is not helpful at all today. He calls us deeper. Amen? Jesus says to her in verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet he shall live. And everyone who lives shall believe in me or shall, shall never die. Do you believe this? What he's saying there is just absolutely astounding. When he says, I am the resurrection, he's not just saying like, I am, like I would say, I am Steve Royalty, Right? That's not the same thing here. He is speaking about his, his, his divinity here. This is a word that he has used, and I can't get deeply into this today, but he uses a word here that goes deep down and says, I am, I am. I'm the one that has been talked about for generations. I'm the one who is big. I'm the one who is great. I'm the one who is strong. I am God, he is telling them here, and he's saying, I am the resurrection, and I am the life. 
Jesus is saying the resurrection and life isn't some future event, Martha. It's here. It's now. It's staring you in the face right here. And let's skip down to verse 40. This is such a huge verse. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Now, Jesus here tells us a very simple thing. What it takes to, be, to, to see the glory of God is, is belief, right? We, we know that. And now, earlier today, uh, I, I said a little bit ago, I said, well, she speaks, seems like she speaks in these spiritual platitudes. Does, does she believe this? Well, her Facebook wall says she does, right? There's a Jesus fish on her bumper uh, of her Honda, right? She, I mean, every, everything says she believes it, and she talks about it. So what Jesus does here is he goes deeper. He says in, in verse 39, he says, okay. He, he confronts her belief with a statement of action when he says, okay, move the stone. Here's a thing you have to hear today. Uh, it's an observation that I, I think makes a lot of sense, that belief will always lead to action, or, if it, or it will nestle back to the comfort of spiritual platitude. Yeah, I think a, a lot, for a lot of us, our, our issue lies in this spot that we believe, we believe God, we believe in, we believe, yes, I believe God. Well, he calls us deeper. He always does. That's good news. He calls us deeper. And that belief will lead us to action. And when actions doesn't happen, we nestle back to the comfort of spiritual platitudes. Is God good? Of course he is all the time. He is the bread of life who never grunts stale, you know, and such. And so she has these things here, and, and, and Martha doubts. But see, when Jesus is in the house, you got to grab your popcorn because it's going to get good, amen? And that's what happens here. She, he doubts, and, and many of us, or she doubts, many of us might have if we found ourselves in a similar position, right? Let's just be honest today. Many of us might have doubted this in this spot as, as well. And I want to highlight that today and Jesus' tenderness towards her doubt. Again, I think a lot of times we look at this, we say, well, if I doubt, then I'm just, oh, you know, we have this feeling. But does, does Jesus rebuke her in, this, in this, this spot? Does he go, you know what, Martha, how dare you? Here I am to do something nice for you. I'm Jesus I can do anything. You've seen me do that. I come here, and I'm going to help you out. How dare you? I mean, how dare you doubt me? How dare you doubt what I'm going to do? Because of that, forget it. You can forget it. It's all your fault. I'm not doing it today because you doubted me. Does he do that? No. He, see, he deals with this. It's a stunning thing that he continues, even though we have evidence that she didn't believe here, because God has a plan. Amen? Verse 41, it says, So they took away the stone. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew you have always heard me, but I said this on account of those standing around me. And that's such a cool statement. Now, again, I have time to get deep into that today. But man, Jesus is incredible that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The word continues, the man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, unwrap the bandages, unwrap him, take, him off, take these things off, unbind him, and let him go. 
Again, imagine being there and seeing this happen. But when Jesus does this, he doesn't just do a miracle. Jesus is showing them, all the onlookers, he's showing Martha, he's showing Mary, he's showing everyone throughout history that this is what kind of God that he is. That when he comes to our lives, when he comes to the world, he comes and he invades our past and he invades our future. He untangles our past and he invades our presence. And church, today, Resurrection Sunday, we participate in his resurrection when we Celebrate what he did for us. Amen? The chains are gone. The bandages are off. He's changed us. We are made new because of him. Amen? That's the gospel. And what's so cool about this is just a couple of days after this, Jesus at what this point is spoken forth to Lazarus to come out. And a few days later, of course, we know Jesus was in the grave, right? Those same people came to find him and they couldn't. And he did it on his own because this is the kind of God that we serve. Church, he is not just an evidence. He is a person. Amen this morning. Come on, somebody. Let's shout today because he is so good. This is what he does. And, and Tyler, if you could prepare for that this, this morning, you see this happen and, and Jesus is still calling into graves, right? Jesus is still calling people to step out of graves. He's still calling people to be unbound by these graves. Again, Jesus came to untangle the past and invade our present. And the resurrection was not only an event, it's a person. And today I want to share with you a story from someone in our church who uh, is just God has a, a wonderful story of what God has done, and it's an illustration of, of this very thing. Laura, come on up if you would today, Laura. Uh, give it up for Laura today, first of all, because this is, this is, she's pretty cool. And this is Laura Zachariasen today, and Laura is going to share a story today with you about um, how true this is. God still calls people out of graves and calls them into life. And that's, that's Laura's story this morning. Again, this morning at first service, which was packed. It was, it was awesome. She told her story. It was amazing. And I think you're going to love this, this story today. But, but Laura, again, just want you to share just a little bit about um, what brought you to, the, to this place, what brought you to church, what brought you to this spot where you are now doing what you would never have thought you would, is tell people like this uh, about your story. So what, what happened? Well, Steve, <laughs> Steve asked me on Monday, no, on Sunday, Monday, if I would give a testimony on Easter Sunday, my two biggest fears, something happening to my children <laughs> and public speaking. So mm. this is now my second time speaking in mm -hmm. front of people. Um, we did a video. Mm -hmm. We decided to do a video on Thursday. And... I think it was Thursday night. Mm -hmm. I was sleeping, and I woke up about 3 a.m., praying. And Jesus spoke to me, mm -hmm. like God spoke to me mm -hmm. and told me that I had to do this live. Mm -hmm. On Thursday, I didn't know what to say for the video. Mm -hmm. um, you and Lori helped me, and now it's just so clear what needs to be said. 
I come from an extensive background of abuse um, as a child, as a youth. Um, and 20 years of marriage. Um, with domestic abuse. I have three beautiful children. My life has been surrounded with darkness, Satan. But you think you're happy. Like you think that you're alive and you think that you're living and we pretend that we're happy and that everything's okay. My oldest daughter came to youth group with my girlfriend Lacey's daughter. She came home and she's like, Mom, we need to go to church. I've always had a light. I've always believed in God. But it wasn't until that next Sunday when we came, I made one little tiny step. Little. <laughs> little step. Mm -hmm. God grabbed a hold of me so tight and has never let go. Now, what was that? What was that step? The step was just coming. <laughs> yeah. For me, new things, I have high anxiety, so new things mm -hmm. are not something I do. Mm -hmm. um, I don't go places without my best friend. I don't do things mm -hmm. by myself. Yeah. So that first little baby step was just coming. Mm -hmm. That service hit me so hard. I was a bawling mess, sobbing, <laughs> crying unconditionally. Lacey. <laughs> I swear there was nobody here. Like, Lacey, is he talking to me? <laughs> I swear every word you said, that sermon was directed at me. Which it wasn't. <laughs> right? As far as I knew. <laughs> got, a, got a bigger plan, didn't he? Yeah, I gave myself to the Lord that day. Mm -hmm. I have not looked Come on. back. Come on, that's good. That's cool. Mm. That first service, I also experienced the Holy Ghost handshake. <laughs> now, what is that? You got to explain that with us. So I didn't know what it was either <laughs> until after it happened. Um, we're singing, and I'm sobbing and crying and can't control myself. And this woman, I didn't know who she was, came up to me and just hugged me. And then she put money in my hand. <laughs> what she didn't know was that money was going to buy groceries for my kids. He is here. He listens. When you give yourself to him and you, you give all that the anger and the resentment and 
ill will, give it to them. Don't yeah. take it back. Right. Life is so much more peaceful. Mm -hmm. I'm still living in my current house, still going through my battle. I have a huge battle ahead of me. Mm -hmm. yep. I can do this mm -hmm. with God on my side. In my home, I can see Satan trying to pull me back. Mm -hmm. God's light is so much brighter. Amen. So much brighter. Amen. Amen. And one, one cool thing that happened not too long after that day when you came to Jesus was, um, again, she's you know, going through some, some struggles right now. And, of course, they're not over, right? They're not struggles. They're not mm, over. No, they're not. Um, but... But it's different now, and, and you came in one day in, into the office, and you said, hey, can you pray for me? I, I, I knew you were kind of like, I'm not sure, I'm, you know, kind of not sure how this is how you do this and such. The staff got, got together, and you prayed for you. And um, I remember afterwards, after you, we prayed for you, like, I don't know what happened, like just. Peace. It, it was different. It was my first court yep. date. Yep. And, and I remember you said, like, you told us, you were like, I, like, for the first time, I should be nervous, I should be scared, I should be terrified. I'm not. And I remember, like, you walking out of here that day with, like, this big smile on your face, and you were different. It was, I mean, it's so cool to see what God is doing in your life, Laura. And, and again, it's not all gone yet, but, but God is with you, and he's walking with you, and you're learning what that means, aren't you? And, and, and anything I else to say? I am learning or? to follow him, to yes. listen. Yes. He has a plan, and he is guiding. Yes. Take yeah. that first step. Yep. Yeah. If I can do it, literally... <laughs> Anybody Amen. can do it. And Amen. if he's going to accept me mm -hmm. and my faults, mm -hmm. yeah. he'll accept you. Yep. Amen. Amen. Let's give him, let's give him a good glory this morning. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Laura. You did excellent today. What an, what an incredible story. And of course, there's so much there, too, that God has done in her and through uh, just the Molzon family and the prayers and just... Oh, man, just God is so good, isn't he? The band, come forward if you could this morning to prepare to uh, just close us, us out today. You see, again, resurrection isn't an event. Resurrection is a person. What's so cool about Laura's story is as Jesus called her out of that grave and called her out of some stuff, and he called her in light, and his, her life is different because not because of me or us, or because of Jesus. Amen? That's it. That's the answer. That's, that's the whole, whole deal this morning. And see, so if you would stand across this room today, all, all across this, this room, Jesus is still calling people out of graves. Would you bow your head and close your eyes this morning? Across this room, please. Bow your head, close your eyes. No one looking around to keep the integrity of this moment this morning. And, and see, because some people here have to say yes to his voice. He is calling you out of the grave this morning. And you're here today, and maybe you're here, and you, you've never given your heart to Jesus, or you're here, and you, for whatever reason, you're far from him. You, you used to walk with him, and you haven't now, or whatever you might be today. I know what your story is this morning, but you are, you are far from him, and your life looks like a grave, and you're in there, and you sense it, and you know it. God's calling you out of it. And I'm not going to tell you it's going to be easy and perfect and wonderful, but I do know this, that as you come out of that, when you walk on the name of Jesus, when you walk on his word, he will be with you through that journey in battle and change how you see things. Some of you need to listen to his voice. 
So if that's you here today, and I'm going to do something I don't always do, I'm going to have you, again, raise your hand. Again, heads bowed, eyes closed, and we'll look around, keep the, again, integrity of this moment. I want to be honest when I say, no one's looking right now, except for me. I have to. Jesus. He's calling you out of your grave. Are you done running? Are you done with that spot in your life? If you are, would you raise your hand and say, Jesus, I'm going to give you my life. All across this room, there's hands being raised. Amen. Jesus, I'm giving you my life. I'm done running. Um, amen. Hallelujah. Those hands in the air this morning. No one's looking around. I'm going to pray a prayer right now. I want all of us to pray with me today. But if your hand is raised, especially you, and even if you didn't raise your hand today, I want you to pray this prayer with all your heart. We're going we're gonna to pray. I'm going to explain what we're going to do. We're going to pray and ask Jesus into our hearts today. We're, gonna, we're going to we're gonna pray and we're going to ask forgiveness for the past. The Word teaches us when you ask Him forgiveness now, in a moment, you are forgiven, you are changed, you are clean, you are made new. And I will tell you this this morning, that the days are going to show you how true that is. So if your hand is raised this morning, let's pray right now. Dear Jesus, we love you. And I may not even know you yet. But I'm going to give my life to you. Right now. Right here. I'm sorry for my sin. I'm sorry for what I've done. Forgive me. Wash me. Make me brand new. From this point forward, I'm yours. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen and amen. Church, give God glory this morning. There are those that are going to heaven this morning because you prayed that prayer. I will teach you. I'm going to tell you something today. If you raise your hand and you prayed that prayer, that is the greatest decision you could ever make. From this point forward, you got to do some things different. And you're like, what do I do? Just, just begin to, to, to pray and to spend time in his presence. And I want to encourage you in a moment. We're going to have some people come up here today. Man, come find myself or one of the staff members. We want to get to know you. We want to talk to you. If you've got questions, you know, whatever that might be today, we want to know you. So, again, my, my, my challenge to you is pray, read your word, begin to just jump into your Bible and just come to church and learn more about him and be around believers that love Jesus and know who he is. We're going to help you walk through that. Church, are we there for people that do that? Amen. We are this morning. Man, one more thing. Again, heads bowed, eyes closed. Some of us today said yes years ago, but we're still bound by the grave clothes that we had before we came alive in him. Our past is still dictating our identity. And you know that that's the case today. It might be anxiety, it might be brokenness, depression. I don't know what it is this morning, but there are things that you have not yet allowed Jesus to take off of you to this morning. Man, if that's you, there will be steps to walk out of that grave. Keep walking towards his voice. If that's you today, man, I want to encourage you. As this ba- as the band begins to play, I just want to encourage you, all of us today, let's lift our hands and let's just let Jesus minister in us. And then lastly this morning, Jesus called the onlookers to remove the grave clothes of Lazarus. Did you see that today? Lazarus didn't do this. The onlookers did this. And church, Jesus has called us to help others. That Jesus has called us to help others take these things off. Remove these difficulties. Remove these, these struggles and help them in any way we possibly can to walk in freedom. That's the call of the church, right?
Amen. Would you raise your hand this morning? We need Jesus to help us in this. And we're going to pray. We're going to just take some time today. Not a lot, but take some time this morning. Allow God to speak in our lives. Jesus, I love you. I praise you this morning. Lord, use this time to minister in people's hearts. Lord, whether we've just come to know you, or Jesus, whether we've known you for years and yet we struggle with the past, or Lord, that we've, Lord, those that are us that have given it all, but Lord Jesus, you've put a call in our lives to remove grave clothes. God, speak in these next few moments. Hope has a name. Church, I'll tell you this morning, that can be a spiritual platitude like anything. Hope has a name, but if my hope is in all other things, well, that's something I say but not believe. But church this morning, when Jesus calls us, he calls us to action, right? Do you believe it this morning? Do you believe it that, his, that hope has a name? Its name is Jesus? You believe it this morning. Well, I will encourage you today that you will be challenged this because I'm not trying to bait and switch. If that's your heart, if that's your thing, Jesus always calls you deeper. If that's, if that's you and you'd say, man, Lord, I want to go deeper this week. Again, raise your hand. This, uh, we're going to pray today that God would just minister in us this week. And he would put to action that expression. Hope has a name. It's Jesus. Lord, we don't want that to be a spiritual platitude. Something we say because it's the right thing. Lord, on this Easter season, we know that our hope lies in nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. Lord, yours, you, you are our hope. So Lord, I pray this week that you would take those words, Lord, from just being a platitude, a thing we just say. Lord, take them from that to being, Lord, what who we are, what drives us. Lord, take us deeper this week. Lord Jesus, I pray you would speak. I pray you'd challenge us. I pray you'd pull us deeper because, Lord, that's what the life is. I pray this in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen.